0: Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast is brought to you by three basketball-loving humans who express their lack of athletic ability through extreme Summit League fandom. This podcast is hosted by Jordan Decker, Scott Holland, and Madison Van Wallen. All right, women's basketball fans, we are back with episode seven of Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. We have quite a lot for you tonight, and we have opinions. we've Walk got, We've, we've Walk got cool some up. questions. Yeah, fasten your seatbelts, ladies and gents. We have some questions for some people who are allegedly very important and very good at what they do. And we also have a lot to discuss. So first, we are going to talk about uh, the Miss you, Scott. Standing. Yeah, Scott's not here. Scott, unfortunately, had a work obligation to take care of at the last minute. We miss him. He will be a part of one of the interviews later that we uh, recorded earlier in the day, but he is not here for our commentary. So thank you, Jordan. I almost forgot to say that. (laughs) Um, We are going to talk about Summit League standings versus the preseason standings. We're going to have a quite possibly lengthy discussion about some implications and just where things are at in the league right now. We are going to talk to some folks from South Dakota State Women's Basketball Program. We're going to preview upcoming games, maybe a talk implications again if we don't get it all out or if we we miss something, Um, and then we are going to do something that is very near and dear to my heart. Um, Yeah, that's what we got. So speaking of preseason versus Summit League standings, here is where our women's basketball teams... Were ranked in the preseason poll. So this is the preseason coaches poll South Dakota at one, South Dakota State at two, North Dakota State at three, Kansas City at four, Denver at five, Oral Roberts at six, Western Illinois at seven, Omaha at eight, and then UND at nine, St. Thomas at 10. Here is where they are at currently. South Dakota State at 1, South Dakota at 2, Kansas City at 3, Oral Roberts at 4, North Dakota at 5, North Dakota State at 6, Western at 7, Denver at 8, Omaha, actually, you know what, there is a tie for, uh, a tie for 8 between Denver and Omaha right now. They're both at, at uh, 3 and 13, and then St. Thomas in the 10 spot, so... Not a lot of movement in the top half, maybe, because the first the top four were USD, SDSU, NDSU, and Kansas City in the preseason. Um, Mm -hmm. Right now, it's SDSU, USD, Kansas City, and Oral Roberts. So Oral Roberts jumped up. North Dakota State fell down. Denver fell down.
1: UND jumped up a lot. Um, jumped a lot. I know we talked about Mallory being a uh coach of the year candidate at the Midway Point and unfortunately just just uh not getting it done the last few games uh some tough games good performances by some of her players but um I think the the last week and a half you know 3 4 games is going to I guess if you could say cost her the coach of the year maybe
0: Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about like Something that bothers me personally, um, this is a podcast, I'm allowed to be opinionated. (laughs) Something that bothers me personally is that a lot of times it seems like, oh, it should be AJ or, oh, it should be Don P. Yeah, they have the best records. They have the best teams. It's been that way for a while or the most consistent teams. We'll say that it's been that way for a while, but we can't. The best record does not always mean coach of the year. We can't keep. Doing that it should be teams yeah. that in my opinion teams that are jumping teams that were slated to finish preseason seven and finish preseason three i mean or just teams that have been more consistent in the past or are playing the south dakota schools tougher um winning games that we didn't think they were going to win had a tough non-con won a lot of games in the non-con like all of these things i understand that most of it should be conference but all of these things are valid arguments for coach of the year and that's why at the halfway point we said Mallory Bernhard, UND; Misty Cussin, ORU, and right now, J.C. Hoyt, Kansas City. I think that if if you eliminate Don and AJ, J.C. Hoyt is is the most obvious candidate for me.
1: Yeah, that that'd be my pick at this point too. You know, it's uh, and obviously we don't mean to take anything away from Coach P and, and AJ, but um, you know, with rosters like that and to be voted one two, this is what you just expect. And you know, I this is just from a fan standpoint right and i'm a south dakota kid um love my yotes but and don's a great coach but what JC's done with kansas city this year i think is phenomenal an opportunity uh she's they're 22 and 5 right now an opportunity to be 23 uh 24 wins if they you know if they can pull off an, a couple of upsets in the south dakota schools but um and i think misty cussin is right there too um I don't know how the sports writers are going to vote. I know it's pretty heavy in the Dakota region with the voters, but um, I would just strongly urge to take a look at JC. And and I think what Dawn and AJ have done has been expected and they've done really well with great teams that they have, but that's just my opinion. JC has got a really experienced team and she's done a phenomenal job of putting them in a place to compete Um, and we'll find out what they're made of we'll talk about that too a little later but we'll find out what they're made of this week and if they can compete with the South Dakota schools um, hell if she can even win one I think she's got it at a lock for coach of the year that's just my opinion
0: yeah I just think it's and like you said it's, it's not at all to take away from AJ or Dawn those programs are are storied they're they're writing huge book chapters for the Summit League and I, as a fan, certainly appreciate that. I just think that sometimes we have to look beyond what we know and maybe look at what we, what we don't know or what is right in front of us, but that, that we're kind of missing. So, well,
1: I'm sure we'll get some backlash on it too. Like, well, yeah, I mean, if you can win 16, 17 games in a conference season with only zero or one losses, you should be coached here. I'm like, yes. But again, that was expected of them. That was the expectation that they've set for themselves with their previous successes. Kansas City you know, in the last year and even in the preseason this year, wasn't expected to do this and the way that they've been doing it. And they've won nine in a row coming into Thursday's games. And, you know, worst case scenario, they'll be winning nine of their last 11 games going into the tournament. And we'll talk about standings here in a second, but they're locked in at that three seed for Sioux Falls. So we appreciate the arguments uh, for AJ and Don, but that's just our thoughts for, JC and and it's not just something different it's she's dessert she deserves it and they've earned it this year
0: and one one more quick thing on that before we move on like um you said they weren't expected to do this I think they were expected to finish preseason four but I don't think anyone expected this record I don't think anyone expected this level I think we expected I think we expected the summit to be close like it like it is um in that the the dog pile the three through ten but it's it certainly was not with the record that they are likely going to in
1: non-conference they did great in non-conference I mean non-conference you're looking at 10 and and 10 and 1 10 and 1 going into summit league play and yeah I mean we could keep going but
0: but we won't because we'd be here but we won't okay because
1: we're not sponsored
0: let's actually <laughs> I'm gonna change up the schedule that we worked so hard to make um because I feel like it makes sense because since we're gonna have that that big discussion piece, I think it makes sense to talk about the upcoming games now. Um so yeah. I'm quick going to preview the schedule. So tonight SDSU will host ORU. Omaha will host Western USD will host wait, what? That's a mix up in the schedule.
1: Yeah, they the summit oh, was yeah, yep, yep, yep.
0: okay. Um let me start over. Tonight SDSU will host ORU. Omaha will host Western. USD will Wait. host Kansas what?
1: Western, Western and oh. Omaha's Payne.
0: Gosh dang it. Let me start over again. SDSU will host ORU. USD will host KC. And Denver will host St. Thomas. That's the plan for tonight. Saturday. Omaha will host St. Thomas. NDSU will host UND. SDSU will host Kansas City, and Denver will host Western. Okay, so let's let's get into this. And I did want to say a quick piece about um, earlier when I said the, the standings is there right now, that SDSU is number one. The reason for that is because of the postponement of the USD and Western Illinois game. So SDSU has now played one more game, which makes their winning percentage higher their record better so that is why that situation is what it is i know many of you thought they were tied they were they probably should be but because of that postponement um it messed it up a little bit so let's talk about implications for these games right now going into the tournament the the conference tournament number one and two are not locked it will be usd and sdsu in those two spots but we don't know who's going to be where Kansas city is locked into the three seed oral Roberts is locked into the four seed and North Dakota is locked into the five seed six and seven are unlocked between North Dakota state and Western. They will both be in those spots, but we don't know which in which one or who in which one. And number eight is also not locked and it will be Denver or Omaha. So we have three locked spots at the three, four and five everything I mean, else is a mess
1: and Madison if I may just kind of dive into the, yeah. the top and the bottom here you know USD SDSU it, it it won't even be decided after Thursday night because or tonight you know um, because of SDSU wins 16-1 and USD 15-1 and as of this morning we we still don't know if they're going to make up that South Dakota and Western Illinois game um and it's they we might not even know until early next week if they decide to make up that game the state and the U are going to be tied and if they obviously win out I mean it comes down to their net rankings and right now SDSU's got 36 USDS 37 but that could change they've been flip flopping the last week or so mm-hmm. um, so we do know this though from what we've been hearing is the summit is trying really hard um, with what they can with Western. And we, we hope that their team can get healthy obviously. And, um, from a fan standpoint, we hope that they can play these games, but we don't know if they're going to make it up. We know that their protocol is to try to make it up, um, in the order that the games happen. Yep. Right. Yep.
0: Um,
1: so that's how they sit at the top. And then at the bottom between Denver and Omaha, things get interesting. Um, Omaha only has one game left if it's not postponed or if the postponed game is not made up. So here's how Omaha gets in. They're at three and 13 right now. If they win on Saturday, that would get them to four and 13 and they are in. If Denver splits their games or if Denver loses both of their games, Omaha is out. If, They lose, and Denver wins one. So if Omaha wins, Denver needs to win both of their games. Correct. And Denver gets in. If Omaha loses, Denver would need to lose out, and then Omaha's still in. So flip that, if you're a Denver fan, you get in if Omaha loses and you win one game. You're out if Omaha wins. Basically, Denver, you're out if you lose both your games.
0: See, but this can all change now if that Western and Omaha game gets rescheduled. And yeah, y'all guys,
1: you're just going to have to follow our Twitter account reach someone. Yeah. Pod W because I don't have the brain capacity to figure that out tonight. So if
0: if well, I do. This is what we Oh, we're here for. Madison does. It's like almost freaking March. This is what we're here for. Okay. If Omaha and Western reschedules and Omaha wins that game, and this game and so let's say omaha gets rescheduled wins both and denver wins both now we're tied again so now we have to go to net rankings and i don't even i didn't even get as far as to look theirs up i we've been looking at right, so lot. as of
1: today here's omaha okay. omaha is at 250 denver's at 289 so okay. den- so omaha would get in if they split losses wins
0: yeah so they it, ended it, with the same record. When I said it's a mess, it really is a mess. It's my favorite type of mess, but it is a mess. Um, yeah, I feel like there was something else we were going to talk about, but I don't remember what it was.
1: Uh, yeah, with the standings, standings wise, NDSU Western is going to be the six and seven spot. Correct. Just depends on how they do this weekend, on how
0: I get, how it plays out. Well, and if Western gets. um, any of their games back that were that were postponed Correct. to then they could move they could potentially move ahead
1: so i and mean so if
0: right now technically
1: we know the first route we know the first matchup of the tournament it's going to be oral roberts versus north dakota on sunday
0: that's true that's there you true. go so we've got that's gonna be
1: probably the 12 30 game right
0: uh yeah
1: or does, a three, does the three seed play to 1230? I think the
0: higher seed plays earlier, right? Because the one seeds will play. I know on the men's side, like if SDSU gets the one, they would play at six instead of eight or whatever. So don't the, the higher seeds play earlier? You know what? Yeah. Let's pull up the bracket. I, I have got, a laptop in front of me.
1: Um, four or five seed is 1230 on Sunday. So UND, okay. or Roberts, unless we're missing something, which we could be, they're playing Sunday, March 6th at 1230.
0: Okay, so if that's a a good game, there's a lot
1: of great players on that team, on those teams.
0: Yeah, yeah. Leach,
1: Bravich, Katie Scott, Tears of More, Kenny Joe.
0: I'm excited. I um. So I I will only be at the tournament on Saturday, but my flight on Sunday is super duper duper early on Sunday morning so I will actually land about an hour before that game starts and I live like 45 minutes from the airport so by the time I pick up my dog I could be sitting on my couch like just in time for that game to start which is crazy because I was just there like hours before
1: (laughs) gotta love FSD in those early flights I'm
0: actually not flying out of FSD I'm flying out of Omaha oh because I had shop local I listen buster (laughs) I had flight credit on Southwest from last year. I was going to take a trip to Georgia and then SDSU made the championship in Frisco and it was the same weekend. So I canceled my flight to Georgia, drove to Texas. So I had like the free, not free cause I paid for it but it's free now um, credit or flight credit or miles or whatever. And I had to use it by April. So I was like, hmm, I wonder if there's an event I could fly to on Southwest before April. Oh my gosh, there is. So I had to convince the boyfriend to drive to Omaha. It really was no convincing. He was happy to do it. So I will be flying out of Omaha at the absolute butt crack of dawn, before dawn. On Sunday. I mean,
1: confident in your Jackrabbits making the tournament as an at-large, you would have used it to fly out to their regional. <laughs>
0: Fair. That's actually a really good point. But I wanted to be at the tournament the conference tournament, anyway right, i want to come back and see my friends and all that good stuff so is that
1: a segue into our bracketology talk
0: um i felt like we were going to save that for later actually oh,
1: that's that's good you know what upcoming games we talked about well, that i did there.
0: that yeah so because remember i i messed the schedule around um oh, do we have any more implications that we need to talk about do we think, do we think, I know we talked a little bit about last week. Do we think Kansas City is like a lock for the WNIT?
1: Um, I mean, I can't really change what I said last week. I said yes. Um, I think if they lose both to USD and SDSU, they would need to win a tournament first round tournament game um, just to help their cause a little bit. Anything mm-hmm. more than that. Um, will really help them. But I think they're a lot. I think they've proven that they can play some good basketball. They're an experienced group, which always counts and matters in March. Um, and, I mean, if we go what we hope with, with the 2 bid league, then mm-hmm. they would be up. So, so I think
0: – Ruse fans, you need to hope, if you'd like to go to the WNIT, you need to hope that both South Dakota schools, if nothing changes this weekend – that both South Dakota schools get into uh, the big dance.
2: And to do
1: that in Kansas City this weekend.
0: Yes, that's why I was like, uh, if things stay that. So actually, Kansas City fans, first you can hope for some wins this weekend. If that does not happen to go your way, then you hope that both South Dakota schools uh, get into the big dance because then you would be a lock for the WNIT. What?
1: Time, Time out, pause. This Williams kid from Duke just had an absolute man rebound. Like, just over a dude and grab the ball. Oh my gosh. Great rebound. Thank you for not calling over the back, Ref, even though that's not a foul. All right.
0: Okay. (laughs) Um, We are, like I said, going to sit down with some South Dakota State people. First up is someone who is in the top 10 in uh, scoring and assists in conference only play. Maya Sellin, she's a redshirt junior and joining her will be senior Tylee Irwin. So we will sit down with them uh, coming up right now. And then after that, we have another guest for you. And then we'll be back with some bracket talk. And trust me, you are going to want to stick around for that, because like I said, we have opinions and they're spicy. So all right, right now, Maya and Tylee, and we will be back in a flash. All right, basketball fans! Welcome back to episode seven of the inaugural season of Reaching the Summit Women's Basketball Podcast. The South Dakota State University Jackrabbits are 19 and 8 overall, 15 and 1 in the conference, riding an 11-game win streak and looking to make it 13 by Saturday evening. We have Jackrabbit senior Tylee Irwin and Redshirt junior Maya Selland in the Zoom studio with us today. Thank you for being here, ladies.
3: Thanks for having us. Glad to be
0: here. Yeah, of course. So like I said, we have some serious questions and some fun questions. So we'll start with the serious ones. Um, Maya, I will start with you. In what ways did being a multi-sport athlete in high school benefit your col- or collegiate athletic career?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I think it really helped me just kind of grow as an athlete as a whole. I mean, there's a lot of different skill sets that each sport um, kind of offers. And so um, getting that different kind of training throughout the year really kind of helps me grow as an athlete in general and then I think um that obviously carries over into basketball specifically but um yeah there's a lot of different skill sets a lot of different training and so um I think it just kind of helped me be a
0: well-rounded athlete absolutely um Tylee for you how rewarding is it as a senior to see the young talent on the team and for this to be just another successful season for the books yeah, it's really awesome to see our freshmen
4: uh, and underclassmen do so well. I remember, you know, those days myself and knowing how hard they can be and challenging it is to make that transition from high school to college and to see them not only do well, but really excel at what they're doing this year is really
0: special. Absolutely. I'll stick with you for this one, Tylee. Um, Going off of that, I guess, talk to me a little bit about just the balance on the team, you know, like one night you could be the leading scorer and one night it could be Maya, one night it could be Paige, one night it could be Callie. It's kind of just everywhere, but in a good way.
4: Yeah, I think this year we do, we are so well-rounded and it makes it so fun to play. Everyone has, you know, their own strengths. And I think we all really play off of that and off of each other really well. Um, I think having so many people back from last year, that probably helps, you know, with the team chemistry and stuff. And then adding, you know, those freshmen and other people in their roles has really just helped us become that really well-rounded team.
0: Absolutely. And Maya, for you, it's given you an opportunity to provide maybe more assists than in the past. I think you're number eight in the league as far as in-conference stats go for assists. So talk to me a little bit about kind of creating those opportunities for your team and how you're able to be successful in that.
3: Yeah, I think Ty said it really well. We just um, play really well and we all have our strengths and Um, we play really well together. And so putting that together, you know, anyone can have a big night. And I think we do such a good job of like, if someone is having a hot hand or someone's having a good night, we keep giving them the ball. And I think, um, just in general, the team is really unselfish this year and that's kind of can see that and how balanced we've been. And so, um, yeah, I probably, maybe I maybe pick up the few (laughs) hockey assists too, but (laughs) I think it's just a testament to how unselfish the whole team is this year and how well we play with each other.
0: Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Um, for both of you, whoever wants to go first, is there anything that you learned from last season or that is different in regards to COVID scheduling, maybe that early exit in the tournament that we don't really like to talk about? Is there anything that you've kind of picked up on or that has changed for you this year? I would say last year was just
4: full of so many unknowns and, you know, you didn't know if you were going to play games that week. And it can still be like that now. And so I think we are just better prepared for it in that sense. And, you know, coming to the Summit League tournament, we, um, yeah, we kind of (laughs) didn't (laughs) handle that the best, but I think that adversity can be really, you know, motivating coming back into this year with having a better idea with the COVID sense, you know, the fans being back at Frost has been awesome. And so, yeah, I think that that's kind of, You know, we kind of flipped that around and turned it to into more of a motivating factor this year.
3: Yeah, kind of what Ty said. I think it's we had like a really neat opportunity that we kind of get a do-over. I mean, um, last year didn't end necessarily the way we wanted to, and so um, but we're you know back together. We add a few freshmen and stuff, but we kind of get a do-over and we get to do it again and learn from our mistakes and learn from what happened and grow from it and um, get another shot at it this year.
0: Absolutely. Out of curiosity do you, I think I know the answer, but do you prefer kind of the Thursday, Saturday thing we have going on this year? Or did you actually like playing back to back last year? Yeah, I feel like it could go.
3: I did like the double headers. Yes. They were kind of fun to be a part of double headers. Um,
4: and it's, so I don't know if I'm a big fan of the dual scheduling. I don't know if that's fair to say. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I would say definitely double headers was really nice, but then, uh, I would say it was it was just so different compared to other years, like not in a good sense or bad sense, but just very different. And playing the same team back to back, and then you don't see them again for you know forever, not even yeah, not even the rest of the year. So just very different, Mm -hmm. and yeah, the the day to recover is nice too. Yeah.
0: (laughs) As a fan, I will say it was the absolute best thing. And as a student, I mean, four basketball games in one weekend. That yeah, was, I mean, that one weekend I think we had four basketball games and two wrestling meets. I yeah. literally could have put out a sleeping bag and frost. Like, yeah. like if I would have been allowed to, I probably would have. Yeah. Um, so that's the one thing that we complain about most this year is we. I, everyone knows the fans don't really love mirror scheduling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that maybe besides the players, double headers are good for everyone except the facilities crew. So yeah. <laughs> something hopefully that we can see in the future. But that's just a little shameless plug. That's a whole another podcast. <laughs> that we won't do today. Um, Let's see. I totally got lost in my questions here, my bad. Uh, Tylee, did anyone give you a hard time about going to SDSU, jokingly or not? The fans wanna know.
4: (laughs) I did get a hard time for a little while. I mean, I don't think anyone was familiar with really like South Dakota State and the whole women's basketball traditions and everything. And so it was always joking, like it was never any actual, you know, hard times or anything. But I think once they saw, you know, became more familiar with the program they were like oh yeah like you made a great decision and I'm like I know
0: (laughs) (laughs) I've been telling you guys this for years yeah (laughs) yeah no Scott had asked me to ask that question and I was like uh I can guarantee you she did because I (laughs) I send crap to North Dakota all the time like literally once a day yeah so I was like that's definitely probably something that happened um let us Move in, just kidding, not fun questions yet. I have one more. So obviously there's a bit more business to do this weekend. Um, but if we don't want to look past that too much, but for the sake of the podcast, what is the mindset heading into Sioux Falls?
3: Yeah, I think obviously we still have this weekend to take care of, but um, I think we'll have a, a good mindset heading into Sioux Falls, like we kind of touched earlier. I think we learned a lot from last year and um obviously don't want that same result, but um. I think it's just recognizing the season we've had and um, what it takes for us to be successful this season. And I think we've learned a lot this year and we're kind of like getting into that point of the season where we know kind of what it takes to what we want to execute, where we're looking like to get better. and, um, And so attacking that each practice leading up into the summer league and then just kind of executing on what we've been working and building
0: towards all year. All right, let's uh, have some fun here for a little bit. So in your SDSU career, and these are all for both of you. So in your SDSU career, uh, what is your favorite game that you have played in outside of the Summit League? Do we have the same one? I think we have the same <laughs>
4: one, probably in mine. <laughs> I would say beating um, Syracuse, Syracuse to make it to the Sweet 16. Yeah, that was just like unbelievable I, like not only just I mean winning but the fans that we had traveled that far and it was just like
0: I don't know it, it was awesome the locker room after I get like chills yeah, about it. yeah. It was fun. <laughs> um my dad and I were like looking for plane tickets and then when that happened and you went to Oregon we were like still looking for plane tickets and they were like $800 and we were like why This is like the one good thing we've had in our entire life. But yeah, no, even watching that game, I happy cried. I just couldn't, like, I just couldn't believe it. And the shock it's for me, even as a league, even when it's not you guys, I think it's exciting when someone in the league can succeed like that. Yeah. So just, I mean, waking up the nation and being like, Hey, don't sleep on us. Like that was was really (laughs) awesome. So super proud of you guys for that. Um, Who is your favorite active summit league player on another roster?
4: Ooh, that's a
0: good question. A Summit
4: League player.
0: Oh gosh.
3: Yeah, that's a really good question. There's a, there's a lot of talent in the Summit League that I feel yeah like goes really unnoticed. Um, obviously our rivals down south are <laughs> there's a lot of really good players down there. Yeah. Um, I think I'll just give a shout out to Chloe just because I'm we. I we have very similar backgrounds, you know, she's a small town South Dakota mm-hmm. girl. And so um, to see the success that she's had at that level is just kind of fun. Just I think for me personally, as a South Dakota kid who like we grew up in a, a very small town, like similar situations. And so um, it's fun to see South Dakota kids do well.
4: <laughs> yeah, honestly, I was going to say Chloe too, just because I typically have that like gardening assignment. And so I feel like we've kind of like chatted back and forth, maybe during games and stuff. And I feel like there's kind
0: of that mutual respect there. So for sure. Um, do you have a favorite or least favorite gym to play in? If I were to exclude Vermilion from the equation, do you have another, I'm assuming that would be your least favorite. Maybe it's your favorite. Yeah. I don't know.
3: Yeah. Favorite. Absolutely. Frost. Yes. <laughs> favorite, okay. Yeah. Well, besides your own. Um, I have another favorite the Denny <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're
4: kind of in the summit answers, league but... though Um oh gosh I did enjoy um, St. Thomas's facility honestly yeah. I did like that it's, our first time it's a there. yeah first time it was a very different feel but honestly I feel like you could get a really good atmosphere going in there
0: You like the close everyone basically on top of you.
4: Yeah. And we had quite a few fans there. So it
0: was just, it was kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, what is the team's favorite thing to eat on the road? Or multiple favorite things if there's some discrepancy there? Any desserts. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Honestly. Dessert
0: shots. Yep. Um. Otherwise, I would say Texas Roadhouse. I was gonna say the buns
4: a, are
3: a hot. Oh company. my gosh! Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was at a golf tournament in college, and my like golf roommate and I we were at Texas Roadhouse. The team was, and we got more buns than anyone should eat. too. Yeah. yeah. Um, and when we packed up our stuff, we literally got to the course the next day, and Allison goes, "Oh crap." and I was like what and she's like I left the buns in the fridge oh no and it was like we had to have a funeral for the buns it was yeah my it heart would drop <laughs> we love Texas Roadhouse. I asked uh, Naomi Alnatus that from Kansas City last week and she's like we like to eat <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yep. I'm, I'm glad to see that that goes around around the table yes uh who bumps the playlist in the locker room that's um Mesa Biome yeah what, what kind of tunes does she play
4: oh she's honestly all All over over the the place that's kind of how uh, our entire I don't know team's music taste is I feel like yeah
0: I don't know I couldn't even narrow it down to one genre at all do you guys have like a song that's like your like the song of choice like the the team anthem or anything like that Uh, depends on
4: the year (laughs) (laughs) unless you want to consider get Get out of your Your mind Mind by little john (laughs) I don't know if that one's appropriate
3: to
4: yeah. share, but I've uh, heard we, we typically a, get pretty fired up over. We have a few good ones.
0: Um, have you ever crossed anyone up in practice? Or, or been crossed up? Gotten crossed up. Yeah, Who crossed you up. Um,
4: Paige gets Paige, Paige gets us. <laughs> I remember this summer we were doing like a one-on-one kind of transition drill, and she crossed crossed me up good. Like yeah. it was <laughs> I was almost on the floor and I remember thinking like,
0: oh, wow, like she's, she's very good. Wobbly <laughs> <laughs> ankles. Yeah. <laughs> You're like glad I'm retiring. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that is everything I have for you. Thank you so much for being here. The Jacks will close out the regular season this weekend when they host Misty Customs Golden Eagles. Uh, tonight at 7 p.m that game slated for Midcoast sports and espn plus and then they will host kansas city on saturday at 2 p.m central you will have to go to the jackrabbit sports network for that one or stream tyler merriam into your living room if you cannot be at frost uh, don't go anywhere we will sit down with sdsu head coach aaron johnston up next All right, we are back great sit down with Maya and Kylie they are so much fun so nice so great to talk to I really enjoyed um, that opportunity so thank you again ladies for for sitting down with me
1: that was a good interview
0: thank you because you weren't in it oh sorry ouch I'm sorry <laughs> um I feel bad now I had a student tell me in class today, she's like, I don't know what you, how we even got on this topic, but she's like, I would never sass you. And I said, why? And she goes, cause you would sass me back. I was like, you're damn right. I would. Damn right. Damn right. Okay. We are going to give you our personal first team selections, MVP and five players. This may be controversial, but we're going to tell you why. So Jordan, hey, you know what? Never mind. Yeah. Go ahead. Go first. Go first
1: oh god okay um this is based on conference only statistics and going into the final two and for some teams more maybe games of the regular season here is my mvp of the league and then the five additional players that make up the first team do you want me to list stats too am i gonna have to click between all these
0: just do do the names and i'll do mine and then we'll like when we explain why we can talk about that
1: Okay. All right. So on my first team, I have, um, Hannah Shervin of USD tears and of Oral Roberts, Chloe Lamb of USD Uju Azudu of Denver, Casey Baravich of North Dakota. And then my summit league MVP is Naomi Alnadas of Kansas city.
0: Okay. I think we have actually exactly the same thing. <laughs> so I yes. have, I have, and this is in no particular order. I have Uju Azudu of Denver, Hannah Shervin of USD, Casey Baravich of North Dakota, Chloe Lamb of USD, and a more of Oral Roberts. And my MVP is also Naomi Onadas.
1: Tweet at us. We want the drama.
0: We do want the drama, um, but don't be rude. I don't have time for that.
1: I won't be block single. you because that's immature. But don't yeah, be rude.
0: But don't be rude. Just be civil. Okay. Why Naomi Alnatis? That's the first question that you may be asking.
1: Yeah. You know, you look at the stats. Or, oh, I'm sorry. You're going to go.
0: I go ahead. I was just going to say ahead. the same thing. Okay. So when I interviewed her last week, she was leading the league in scoring and assists. She is now second in scoring behind Casey Bravich and still leading the league in assists. So that would mean Casey Barovich is first in scoring. Casey Barovich is third in assists. So this is a tight race and remember that this is conference only. Uju. Top 5 in blocks, scoring and rebounding. What further explanation do you need? She may be the best player on a team that is not necessarily that great or hasn't necessarily excelled this year, but again, top 5 in the conference in blocks scoring and rebounding. I don't know what what further information you would need on that one. Hannah Shervin, obvious. Chloe Lamb, obvious. Again, Casey Baravich that we talked about, obvious. And I think Theresa Moore is obvious too. She is always leading uh, the stats for Oral Roberts. She's always making a difference for them. So I think it makes a lot of sense. I think the only argument that people might have is that MVP spot, uh, but again, Naomi's stats are better than Hannah's and Chloe's and yeah and I would I would agree with
1: all of that Madison you know and it's more than what school you play for it's more than your name it's and we've been fortunate enough to watch you know a lot of these games too and I I mean Tirza may be the only one but you know looking I don't know Danny Nichols has been playing really well um Maya's obviously been playing really well the second half of league play, heaven Hamling, um, but Kansas city, you know, and Brooklyn McDavid too. It's just, and we can't forget about Jade Hill of St. Thomas, but just the, the overall stat lines, I think, and how they're playing overall um, in league play, this is a great six and the second team. I mean, we're not, we didn't prepare for we a didn't second, go that far. Team, but yeah. that second team is loaded with talent too. We could put six on there and it, you know play five on five first team second team and be a hell of a basketball game like there's there's just so many good players in the league this year um we're not again just like the coaches we're not knocking anyone we're just going by what we've seen and um and those that we haven't just kind of by the box scores and and what the stats say
0: yeah and you know i'm not biased because i didn't even put any sdsu people on there <laughs> and let's i tried
1: about- when we were off air, yeah. guys as a yote I, I tried i'm trying to fine I was like I gotta do we gotta put an SDSU player because they're playing well but I think we talked about this last week they're just playing so both teams are playing so well and so balanced
0: that's what I was gonna bring up yeah
1: nobody's like sticking out you know no one no one's head is sticking above the rest
0: SDSU has a different leading scorer every game or just about yes. a different yeah. leading rebounder every game a different leading and yep. assists every game so like it's not it may look bad. Like, how can you not put them on the first team? But if you're looking at the overall stats, they're not there. And the reason is because they're so balanced. So it may suck from, I mean, if, if you're taking our first team, you know, to heart or as gospel or whatever you shouldn't, but if you are like, it may suck that you don't see any SDSU people if you're an SDSU fan, but it is not a bad thing that your team is balanced. Please be happy about that. Cause that's, that's an awesome thing and it's bringing them a lot of success. So.
1: I would say too you know just kind of looking and some folks might you know look at this with conference only stats you know why is Hannah first team when or why is she on ours 13th in the league in scoring and then she is 5th in the league in rebounding um it's just because of other players in between them aren't consistent in in that in the um, and she's also second in the league in block shots too right so if you look at the players in between scoring, you can't just go one through six on scoring, right? Because some of those players aren't even top 10 in rebounding, top 15 in rebounding. Some of those aren't even top 20 in assists. So it, yeah. again, it's, it's overall. Be
0: who is balanced in nearly every column of the stat book?
1: Yeah. And just looking at a rough look, uh, you could argue you could have between the South Dakota schools, three to four on that second team. So you'd have six total. I would argue just to have I would say probably two STSU players and then live and then um, like Heaven Hamling and, and Brooklyn McDavid, stuff like that. But we don't have to go into that time. Just
0: well, no, I'm curious who would be your two STSU because I think Paige is an obvious um, Paige Meyer is an obvious first choice for for second team.
1: Yep. Out I would put Page, well. I would put Paige and Maya on and there. Maya. I think uh, Maya's second half of the league play is definitely. Um, picked up and i i do think she's one of the top 11 players in the league and i think the second half of the season and whether that's her shoulder getting better it looks like it's getting better Um, but she just seems more comfortable and um stat wise it's it's showing
0: yeah well and we talk about in the interview um that's coming up with aj that non-con like we scheduled a tough non-con sixth or seventh in the country. I think it was sixth, but if it was seventh, I don't want to, I'm going to say both. Cause I don't want to like be top like tenth. that, you know? Um, but what'd you say? Top, top ten. 10. Yeah. Top 10. There we go. We can do that. Top 10. Um, a non-con was top 10 in the league and it, you know, they may have lost some games that they didn't want to lose, or he talked about games that were close that, you know, maybe should have gone the other way or whatever. And there was a lot of stuff. There was injuries. There was other stuff going on. Um, players have lives too. You know, this mm-hmm. isn't, this is not their life, and as a fan, we need to realize and respect that. So sometimes things just don't go the way that that we want or that is planned, and these girls put a lot of pressure on themselves, and that's not just SDSU; that's every team. So, yep. um, yeah, I don't really know where I was going with that, but that's out there now. <laughs> I feel like I had a, I had a, a path, and I uh, strayed off of it so okay and
1: just for the record we're a fan of every single one of these student athletes we hope that they are healthy we hope that they have a career game every game but we're just doing a fan's duty at the end of the year and just picking our first and second team um we can't wait to see all these girls in action next weekend there's there's so much good talent um from these all, all, all 10 schools honestly and unfortunately we only get to see eight until next year um, until next year. <laughs> but it's been a treat to watch. And yeah, I guess I, that's how I'll end that segment.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let us move on. As promised, we are going to sit down with another SDSU person who is head coach Aaron Johnston in his 20 something season. 22nd question mark.
1: I don't know person I don't know
0: he's been here yeah why would I ask you uh, he's been at SDSU since like right after I was born
1: yeah so I think I was in elementary school and I went to one of their camps when I lived up in uh, Watertown I remember seeing him that might be one of his first years
0: yeah I'm 24 and a half almost exactly <laughs> so my birthday I'm not
1: saying how old I so. am people gotta oh. get.
0: <laughs> you're an old man <laughs> Um, but anyways yes aj has been there since i was a little little tyke so it's been a long time um so we're gonna go ahead and sit down with him and after that we will get into our spicy opinions All right, welcome back to episode seven of Reaching the Summit podcast. We are here with SDSU head coach Aaron Johnston. The Jackrabbits are 19 and eight overall and 15 and one in the conference, as we previously mentioned, uh, riding an 11 game win streak heading into tonight. So, coach, thank you so much for being here with us.
2: Great to be here.
0: We uh, just have a couple of questions and then a couple of fun ones for you. So, I will go ahead and start it off. Um, The team had a considerably tough non-conference that maybe didn't go quite as well as we'd hoped, but obviously a a great run in in the conference season. Um, What changes have you seen made from the non-con over to the summit or progression that you've seen throughout conference play?
2: Yeah, November and December were tough for us, in part because we played a really difficult schedule. I think our strength of schedule is somewhere around 6th or 7th in the country, our non-conference strength of schedule. So that's playing elite teams, and they all had – you know, highly productive November and December. Plus in that stretch, we lost just close games, games that I think easily could have gone the other way. So the schedule I think is accurate. I think the, the record is accurate. Um, But I don't know that it reflects kind of the team that we were even at that time. I I certainly think we were more capable of what we put on the floor. And we had some adversity, a lot of off the court stuff, injury stuff, things that really made it difficult to to be our best. So uh, all in all, I thought we handled it well. I wish we would have had a couple more uh, wins in the the column, but uh, I thought we got through it connected as a team. And then as we got into our conference play right before Christmas, uh, we just started to get everybody back on the floor, started to get healthy started to play better basketball and ultimately now that we're in you know the the third week here of February I think we are playing our best basketball of the year offensively we've been outstanding defense has gotten much better from where we were early in the year and it's just been a day-by-day step-by-step approach it isn't like we had one major change or one you know new offense that that made everything click we just really kind of stayed together and weathered some of that adversity and, and found a way to be a really good team.
5: Coach, when it comes to that non-conference schedule, do you think that uh, the reputation and the success your program has developed over the years helps or, or hurts with your ability to schedule in the non-conference? So I'm sure you'd like to see more peer institutions instead of the heavyweights taking you guys on. But as you mentioned, that also helps get your team ready for this time of year as well.
2: Yeah, no, I think our, I really like how our non-conference schedule shapes up each year. I think this year was no different than some of the past. We've had other non-conference schedules where we've been in that top 10 strength of schedule wise. So it's not a, a this year wasn't really that different. Um, the results were probably not exactly the same, but but it's, it's something we've traditionally done. I, I think there are always a group of schools out there like South Dakota State. It could be mid-major schools. It could be power fives that have a hard time scheduling because of their success. So Missouri State, for instance, I think that home and home came about because both teams have a hard time getting games. Uh, We've had a good series with Creighton, who's obviously been really good over the years. We've had series with Green Bay, Montana State, who's traditionally won their league. So you have a group of mid-major schools that all probably are looked at the same way. Nobody wants to go to their place. Nobody wants to play them. So sometimes we've worked together with those schools. And then I think those power fives, I mean, there's, there's not you know, a lot of people lining up to play the Louisvilles and Notre Dames and Oregon's and people like that, that we've played. Um, So, you know, it works that way, but it does mean we're playing really good teams. If nobody wants to schedule somebody else, they're probably really good. So we do get challenged and we do have a lot on our plate, but, but honestly, I think it's, it's worked out well. I think it makes us better. You know, if you can win those games, it's great. If you lose them, I think you learn a little bit about yourself and what you have to improve on. And ultimately, that 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 scheduling philosophy has really, I think, shaped our program over the years.
0: As an SDSU person, I hope that's a problem we continue to have <laughs> as <laughs> the years go on. Uh, talk to me a little bit about this strong freshman class with Paige Meyer and Haley Timmer that we've had. I was certainly a little bit surprised, but in a good way.
2: Yeah, they, they've both been great. I mean... Haley Timmer, even though she's been coming off the bench, you know, certainly could be a starter for us. That's how talented she is. She's got. You know, Tylee Irwin, which is a 15-year senior, it feels like, in front of her right now. So it's there's not as many minutes in that spot. But I mean, Haley's been fantastic. I like what she does defensively. She's really hard-nosed, plays incredibly tough all the time, gets us some buckets in transition, some offensive rebounds. We can post her up. She's making threes, just a really versatile player who's just kind of scratching the surface as the kind of player she's going to continue to be. And then Paige has been you know, outstanding, really stepped into that point guard role for us from day one, um, had to compete with some juniors and seniors, some people in front of her, and, and just really kind of rose to the occasion. And she's been exceptional for us. I, I think Paige is not only good for us, I really think she's one of the best point guards in our league as a freshman. Uh, her assist numbers are great, she always gets a couple of steals each game, she shoots the three really well. Uh, she is so good in pick and roll and her ability to change directions and, and uh, find open teammates. Uh, both Haley and Paige, there's no doubt, have elevated our team. Because in many ways, we're the same team we were last year. We weren't healthy early in the year, but we returned pretty much everybody. And uh, well, now when you add a couple of the lead players like Haley and Page, that's a big part of why I think our team has taken another step forward.
5: Coach, in the men's NCAA tournament, we've seen those mid-major programs break through and get out of that Sweet 16, Final Fours, Elite Eights. Uh, how far do you feel that the women's game is, is seeing that at the mid-major level? I mean, I know Louisiana Tech, you know, I'll date myself and mention those great Louisiana Tech women's teams of the 80s and, and the Jackie Styles teams of the, of the Missouri State. Um teams that did that in the in the late 90s but how far do you feel the women's mid-major game is from making that breaking through that sweet 16 and sending those teams
2: farther on in the tournament yeah no I think that's a really good question I think I think closer than we were five or six years ago I mean I think right now when you look at it there's more and more big major teams that are just getting at large bits the NCAA tournament and that's not you know that's not a shift in philosophy in the NCAA, who they bring into the tournament—that's a shift in the quality of the mid-major teams. I think throughout November and December, you're seeing more upsets, more mid-major teams beat top 25 teams, and I don't know that that always happened six, seven years ago. I thought it was far more rare. So I think each year you're seeing more of those indicators that just continue to point out how good mid-major teams are. I think part of why on the men's side they have, you know, that level of success. Is just the, the, the incoming players have gotten to be, you know, so good on the men's side, they're more spread out. And I think on the women's side, you're seeing more and more of that too. I think each year when I go out and watch high school basketball and summer AU basketball, I just see more and more really good players. So the talent level will continue to spread out. I think in women's basketball too. But I do think the the one challenge not challenged, but the one reality of the women's game is different than the men's game. The men just has the one and duns, And so on the women's side, you're seeing all Americans for two, three, sometimes four years in these power five programs. And, you know, the one and dones really create a scenario where an experienced mid-major team that puts it together five on five can overcome, you know, some of that youth that you see with those other power fives in in, in men's basketball on the women's side it's different we see all americans and we see them for two three and like i said four years so that's just a different level of experience in the tournament but i definitely think you're seeing more and more of those mid-majors like us like some of our our counterparts in the midwest continuing to move forward and, and i think it'll continue to happen
5: what was harder for you, getting your team to the, the top the first time, or is it, has it been maintaining that level of success over the years?
2: Um, I always feel like coaches say whatever they're doing today is the hardest thing they've ever done. You know, we're, we're pretty uh, cliche when it comes to that. So, you know, it depends on where I'm at perspective. I, I will say keeping a team at a successful level for a really long period of time. What I mean by long period of time is I'm not talking two years with the same recruiting class. I'm talking several different recruiting classes, uh, different assistant coaches, just different dynamics all around. I, I think maintaining success is a lot more difficult than maybe people would realize. Now it's 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 fun, it's exciting, and there's a lot of positives to it. Um, but doing something for a long period of time means you, you, you just have to be, you know, sharp in every area each year. And you, like I said, you really have to do it with different recruiting classes. And and I think a lot of mid-major programs really move up and down based on, you know, a class that really elevates them. And then as they graduate, it's like, oh, now we got to start over. What are we going to do? We see that in our league right now, in the Summit League. Uh, You see it in all leagues, especially mid-major leagues across the country, where teams kind of go up and down. But there are a few teams out there. I think we're one of them that's been able to, to stay really consistent with it. And for us, I think it's just about always having great people. They're, they're obviously really good players. Uh, we've had a couple players drafted in the WNBA. So we're not doing this with, with, you know, average talent. We have elite talent, uh, but they're really good people who just uh, enjoy that process every single day of trying to get better and trying to keep a program at a high level. Like this year to, to expand on that, when we were in November and December and losing some games, this team felt, you know, I think a ton of pressure because of that, because that really hadn't happened much before. And I think they were almost too hard on themselves for that reason, as if there's something that they're letting down. Um, you know, and, and that's hard when, when you do that year after year. But it's also, you know, a lot we can learn from that, too. So it's, it's not a bad thing. It's just, it's just a little different, a little harder, I would say.
0: So going off of that, obviously still some business to take care of this weekend, but if we can look ahead to see Falls a little bit, what what is the mindset? Is it just, you know, stick to the plan or like or is there some key to success that you're looking for?
2: Well, I, I think anytime we get to the end of the year. So this this weekend applies to this too. And, and then obviously everything you do after this weekend. I, I think at this time of year. You just have to, as a team, not individually, but as a team, you just got to find a way to to have just a little bit extra in everything that we do. Be a little bit quicker, a little faster, a little tougher, a little more physical, a little more mentally sharp. Um, And so we always kind of talk about that, trying to find that edge this time of year, Uh, because people are playing for their... know basketball careers here you know this is they're not going to not show up at the end of february march you're going to get everybody's best game and everybody's best plan and so for us it's always been trying to find that little edge in all these areas and really embrace that embrace the fact that we're going to honor some some really good seniors here this next couple of days four great seniors that have been jackrabbits for us embrace the fact that you know this is their career they've put together and let's go out, you know, on all cylinders given everything we've got for those experiences. So, you know, we try and embrace what it means to, to play in tournament time, to play for championships at the end of the year. And we're, we're willing to take the, uh, the good and the bad that goes with that, I guess.
0: Yeah. All right. So we will get a little bit more lighthearted. Um, I actually just want to ask about the new facility. What excites you about that? Everything. <laughs>
2: everything excites me about that you know it's um we've been on such a facility you know upswing Mm -hmm. in our department not just with with frost arena going to be you know renovated and changed but the football stadium the s jack and all the things that are going on so athletic facilities here are going to be you know, over the top. And as they renovate Frost Arena, um, it's going to become one of the absolute best arenas around. You know, they're going to incorporate suites for fans, they're going to incorporate some club level for students, which is really, you know, unheard of and a great way to connect and and bring them together and hopefully create those memories that will go on much longer than their their time at SDSU, something that'll want them or bring them back to campus. Uh, but for our student athletes in particular, their day-to-day life will be immediately changed with just new team spaces, new training room spaces. We'll be able to be able to upgrade our our strength and conditioning have just more of the things that they need and use on a day-to-day basis to be great athletes, but also to keep them healthy and safe. And so it'll really move that, that needle a long way. And then from the fan experience, you know, frost is a great place with the atmosphere that it has. It's unbelievable. Uh, But the amenities need to, to improve, you know, whether it's just concourses concessions, restrooms, and everybody recognizes that so when people walk into this finished product and they're going to walk into something that just is completely enhanced and changed but it'll still keep that you're on top of the court you know close intimate intense atmosphere that frost arena's had for so many years so uh, really excited i know our, our our future people we talk to is is you know people are going to join our program are really ecstatic too and it's going to be fun really fun
0: I was so jealous about the club area for students, but then I was like, I would have been in the front row anyway, so it doesn't matter.
2: (laughs) That's what I'm I'm worried about. All these
0: upgrades. Not
2: not just back there on the phones in the club area during the game, but it'll be a good meeting spot. And I would think, you know, it'll be used obviously for games, but I think it'll be a a place that they can use at other times too for other events and things. So it's not just a basketball sporting thing. It'll be a, a great meeting place for just a lot of different times.
0: All right, let's roll into our summit roulette. Scott, I will let you go first on this one.
2: All
5: right. Where do you guys go? Because I, as someone who comes to Sioux Falls to cover another team, I wonder where you guys go to relax because you guys are kind of rock stars in Sioux Falls when you get up there. So when you're in between games, what do you guys do to unwind up there?
2: Ooh, I don't know that we ever unwind in that tournament until the last game was over. So that's a tough one. You know, we do. We just hang around the hotel. That's what we typically do on trips. You know, in the past, we'd go out to eat. This year, just with COVID stuff, we have a lot more things delivered, and I'm sure we will in that particular thing. But we just hang out and watch basketball, to be honest with you. I think the players like to be, um, just like to be alone a little bit. You know, I don't think they want to be out and a 100 questions about things, and, and they just want to stay in their kind of routine. So to be honest with you, we just hang out at the hotel and try and stay out of the, the crosshairs of everybody down there.
0: I am curious because I uh, spoke with Maya and Tylee yesterday and I asked them, where does the team like to eat on the road? And Tylee right away said desserts. So I'm just, is that an accurate statement?
2: Yeah, well, it is, you know, we, had, we eat some good stuff too. I want to make sure everybody knows that, but yeah, <laughs> I think everybody on the team's got a little bit of a sweet tooth and that's, that's okay too. You know, uh, we, we try and take pretty good care of them when we get those chances.
0: Well, with the success you're having, if the dessert works, keep it rolling. <laughs>
2: Well, and I I can tell you that from my perspective as a head coach, I'm all on board with that too. So some of that's probably my own thinking, but yeah.
5: (laughs) Coach, looking just through your players' bios, a lot of multi-sport athletes in high school, especially on the the track side, put together your your four-by-one relay team of your team, I guess, if you had to put together a relay team out there.
2: You know that's a good one. Never thought of it. I know Tyley would have to be on it. Uh, Haley Timmer was an elite runner. She was a state champion cross country runner, and Haley can can really move. So I think Haley would have to be on it. Reagan Nessine would definitely have to be on it when she wants to get up and go. There's very few people on our team that can that can keep up with Reagan. So we got Tyley, we got uh, Haley, we got Reagan, and we probably better go with. Hmm, Boy, that last one is kind of a tough spot. I'm trying to think, is that an anchor spot? Is that a starting spot? I think Paige would probably have to be in there too. She really gets herself going when she wants to.
0: If you could schedule anyone like in your non-con, that maybe that you haven't played yet, who would it be?
2: Oh, I think it would be a lot of fun right now to go play like a uh, Tennessee or Connecticut and those kind of just storied programs. You know, we've been lucky to go play at Stanford, which is another storied program. South Carolina would be one of those storied programs right now that's that's really kind of elevated women's basketball. So any of those people that have kind of had that uh, importance in our game, I, we'd love to go play there and have them come back to our place, mind you, too. Yep. For you, when you're out on
5: the road recruiting, is there a must must stop, must put, maybe place you just have to eat? You're like, oh, I'm in this area. I have to make a special trip to go there and get something to eat or maybe just see something in particular?
2: I am the least picky eater in, I think, the world. Uh, when I go to restaurants and I look at a menu, I usually just use the picture. So if I see a picture it looks good, <laughs> that's what I do. I don't have to know what's in it. I don't have to know the ingredients. So I can just go with the picture so when you ask me that question it's pretty much looking at you know whatever signs are along the side of the road and that's what i get hungry for but i don't have a specific palette that i need to to do so i i don't have a good one there but i'm i'm kind of a garbage can when it comes to eating i can do about anything
0: do you have a place in brookings that's like your absolute like favorite
2: you know i i really do like to go to cubby's it's just such a great little kind of uh place atmosphere you see people you know it's just I, I love going to that place and there are plenty of others but that's always been a fun one
0: uh who is your favorite player in the league who's not on your roster
2: Ooh, favorite player in the league not on our roster huh um Well, you know, favorite, that's a tough word for me. I, I think, who do I, you know, respect? I, I think when I look at our in-state rival and look at what, you know, those players have done, there's a lot of respect for how talented they are, how they've helped their team win, you know, um, and really it's that group. So I think there's a lot of respect that I have for what they've done and, and how successful they've, they've helped that team been, um, especially when you look at the three seniors, Hannah, Chloe, and, and Liv. I mean, they've... they've been pretty remarkable for for that program and i know i do have a lot of respect for everything that they've helped them do for sure
0: scott you got anything else? i can't
2: say favorite because that means you know that i just you know that doesn't mean just dislike either but uh, that respect is definitely there
0: that's that's definitely what i was asking was who do you respect i'll reword that question yeah scott anything else from you
5: i am good i appreciate it coach
0: I'm good too. Thank you so much for sitting down with us. We wish you luck this weekend and certainly heading into next weekend as well.
2: Okay. Thanks very much. Thank you, coach.
0: That is head coach Aaron Johnson of the South Dakota State University Jackrabbits. They will host Oral Roberts tonight in Kansas City on Saturday, and then we will see them in Sioux Falls next weekend.
1: All right, we're back. Uh, another great interview with Madison and Scott with Coach Aaron Johnston of SDSU. Um, and so speaking of SDSU, we're going to talk about Charlie Cream's latest bracketology. Um, and still this time of year, I might sound salty at him. It's nothing personal. It's just business. But if you he still only releases it, it. What's that?
0: If you can even call it bracketology. but uh.
1: What Sorry, All right, but still don't. he only does it Tuesdays and Fridays, even though we're two weeks away from March Madness. So we won't get his newest one until Friday. So we're just going to go off of the one he released a couple of days ago. Um, currently, he has USD as a nine seed in the Spokane region and the Stanford um, section of that. So USD is a nine seed, plane, eight seed Kansas State. Uh, winner would get number one seed Stanford or 16 hawaii
0: just to be clear we don't have an issue with that that is clear, yes fine yes. with us whether they are an automatic qualifier or not for me anyway that's fine that's not the problem continue yes
1: i just wanted to get that out of the way here's my beef okay last friday he had sdsu madison correct me if i'm wrong as a last or excuse me a first a four, four hour, out right? okay So first four out this week, he does not have them in his first four out or his next four out. And And listen
0: to who's there. It's a doozy.
1: Yes. And if I may, I'm going to list those eight teams followed by their net and RPI, as well as quad one and quad two wins, because I'm going to take it line by line because some of these I can understand. Most of them I cannot.
0: And let's let's wait until you're done doing that to tell them what SDSU's net and RPI and quad wins are.
1: You want me to wait till the end?
0: Yes, I do.
1: Okay. So as first four out, Oregon State. And if you've got a pen handy listeners, you might want to write I this down. down. Oregon State has a net ranking of 50, an RPI of 58. Quad one wins. They are one in, or excuse me, quad one record. They are one in 10, quad two, two and oh. Rhode Island, a net ranking of 49, an RPI of 30, quad one record of three and one, quad two record of three and one. For the record, this is one of those I do not have a problem with. Northwestern, a net ranking of 66 and an RPI of 71, quad one record of two and four, quad two three and three villanova 75 net ranking 41 rpi ranking one and four quad one record four and one quad two record for the record this is another one i do not have a problem with rhode island and villanova his next four out is where it gets fun kentucky net ranking of 44 RPI of 63 2 and 7 quad 1 record 3 and 4 quad 2 record Marquette net ranking of 65 RPI of 77 1 and 6 quad 1 record 2 and 2 quad 2 record Florida State 52 net rank ranking 97 RPI a quad 1 record of 2 and 8 a quad 2 record of 1 and 3 and finally lane with a net ranking of 72 and an RPI of 37 quad one record two and five quad two record three and one now Madison there are four other teams here that we noticed in the bracket would you like me to that um
0: the, have the a higher the Missouri Missouri State and the Duke, Duke Mississippi State Mississippi State yes Do you want me to read those Yes, and Missouri State, we don't have a problem with. I want to make that clear.
1: Yeah, so Missouri State has a net of 40, RPI of 34, and a quad one record of two and two, quad two of six and two. For the record, we do not have a problem with Missouri State. Duke, 43 net rankings, 61 um, RPI. Four and seven, quad one, oh and one, quad two. Missouri, 48 net. 35 RPI, one and eight quad one, six and two quad two, and then Mississippi State is 54 net, 67 RPI, one and ten quad one, six and zero quad two. These are four teams that are already in the tournament. I believe as high as what an 11th, a six seed?
0: A uh, six seed. Who was a 6th seed? I have the bracket up. Let me look.
1: All right. Well, Madison looks this up. Here is SDSU's net RPI and quad rankings records. Excuse me. SDSU's net is 36,
4: what, what? Which,
1: which is better than all eight teams in the first four out and next four out. Take that for what it's worth. Their RPI is 55th, which is better than one, two, three, four, five of the first four out, and next four out. The quad one record is what is going to hurt SDSU. And it's 0 and 6. Their quad two record is 2 and 2, which is just the same um, as a handful of the other of the first four out and next four out. We're not here to debate their quad one record and how that should get them into the tournament because that We're could We're here hurt to them.
0: debate that everyone is all like, oh, net this, net that, net this, that net that. Really, really. We're
1: here. My beef is, and now all of a sudden I'm calm. I wasn't before. We started the podcast, which is odd that I'm trying to defend SDSU, but they're a great group of student athletes. That's it's a great team. It's Aaron's built this program for God's sakes the sweet 16 three years ago.
0: Oh how God. do you go from
1: how do you go from a first four out to not even being on there? And, and winning I, both your I, games. And they well, yeah, that's what, winning by a lot, which style points tend to count in net rankings too. But what I don't understand is I just don't understand the likes of, you know, like Oregon State. I don't understand Florida State. I don't understand Tulane. Yes, they have a better RPI. And yes, they have two quad one wins, but I, I, I don't, excuse me. Yeah, Tulane, better RPI. I don't, I'm looking at these and I'm looking at they have a better net and RPI than duke duke just has four quad one wins and yes yeah i guess that matters but my argument is is sdsu pretty much has the same roster as last year and it's more experienced and so do other people i get that but they've definitely proven that they're an ncaa team they've definitely proven that they can win one at least one game in the tournament as well
0: so those those other sorry no, go ahead. Those other four that we talked about, Duke, Missouri, Mississippi State, and uh, Missouri State. Right now, Missouri State and Mississippi State are 11 seeds. Missouri State, again, no problem with that. And I understand, yes, the Jacks lost to Mississippi State. But if we're going to talk about net rankings, hello. So Missouri State and Mississippi State are 11s. Uh, Missouri is a 10. I understand they're in the SEC. It just means more. It's funny that I'm mocking that since I'm an Alabama fan. But anyway, Eesh. Missouri is a 10. And Duke is a six. A six. That's between five and seven for those of you that don't know.
1: I mean, if you really want to argue, Rhode Island has a better RPI um, and more quad two wins than Duke. They only have one less quad one win. And Rhode Island's one of the first four out. I mean, and Duke's a six seed. So, I don't, I don't understand it. I've tried to tweet at Charlie from both my personal and the reach in the summit. I just want an explanation.
0: I'm sorry. I lied. Florida is the sixth seed and Duke is the 11. Oh, okay. My bad. That's my bad. I don't know why I, it must've looked different.
1: The fact remains that, and I'll get off my soapbox, but I just want to know his explanation. I've reached out to Charlie to try to have him on the podcast he's too big for us or we're too small or a combo of both. Um, But I just, the summit league fans deserve to know why this league isn't a two bid league this year.
0: What do we have Um, to do? Like Like, what else do you have to do? I understand that we we didn't win some of those games, but if we had the sixth toughest non-conference schedule and they were close, some of them were close. And again, here's where I come back to what we were talking about a couple weeks ago. With like us beating the the team beating UCLA when they were ranked number 19, but it doesn't matter now because it's where their net is now. That is the biggest crack of crap I've ever heard in my life. I know. You beat a ranked team, you beat a ranked team. And you're not going to say that. If it's Duke, you're going to be like, oh, well, they beat whoever when they were number five. But it doesn't matter now. No, 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 they were number five. So like, why does it matter when it's us? Why is it different?
1: Summit fans know this too. I challenge all these national writers or whatever that don't give a lick about the Summit League you know, if we're lucky enough, I shouldn't say that that's unfair to other teams, but if we do get USD and SDSU in the championship game, I, I challenge them to watch that on ESPNU on Tuesday afternoon, watch that game, hell, even come to Sioux Falls and be in that atmosphere and tell me that those two teams aren't both NCAA tournament teams. The way you, that if
0: you watch that game, if you're a writer out there, not that I doubt, I mean, I doubt that any of you are not take time to, sure. to listen to us, but honestly, you would understand why the summit league has the highest attended tournament on the women's side. You would get it. And you can't tell me that a team goes to the sweet 16. And again, I would argue this if it was USD. I would argue this if it was Kansas city, I would argue this if it was Denver. I literally do not care who it is. If yep. we are having this much success and sending a team to the sweet 16, you can't tell me that like, Oh, they lost too many quad one games or whatever. So no, 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 If they have the six toughest schedule in the country and they, I mean, they don't get the automatic qualifier, but they make it to the championship game or have one bad game in the conference. They should be in the tournament. They could upset a large portion of this field. SDSU. We're going to
1: know a lot on Friday, um, about lunchtime, I want to say maybe a little bit before lunchtime, he'll send out his Friday edition. And if he goes about how he typically goes about, he'll probably have SDSU as the automatic qualifier, just because they're first in the standings based on record. And if he has USD on the inside of the tournament, on the bubbles, um, on the inside of the tournament, on the bubble, um, I think that's telling. And I've, guess I won't be as frustrated because it will be too big league, but if he has them on the first four out or next four out, that should frustrate not only USD fans, but Summit League fans as well. Mm-hmm. That they were a nine seed, and now all of a sudden, just because of a half game, they didn't even lose, right? Potentially. No. They they, they, might, they would win Thursday night, and all of a sudden, just because of a half game winning percentage difference, you're going to have them as their first four out. That doesn't make any sense to me
0: it's you're not trying at that point you're not paying attention
1: you know it's almost like that's what he's saying right
0: now yeah that's that's
1: what it because usd's in and i guess he's not doing it a winning percentage now but if he did like how he's done it in the past on friday if both south dakota schools win he'll have sdsu in there as whatever seed. he'll have him in there and then it's gonna be really interesting where he puts usd you can't go from a nine seed to first four out that doesn't make any sense whatsoever
0: not at all So
1: we'll, we'll find out on Friday, follow uh, ESPNW on Twitter, follow us, obviously, if you're not already, we'll retweet it as soon as we can. Um, But it'll be out there a little before lunch.
0: I do want to just share, we're not going to get too deep into this, um, because I'm going to get too fired up. But I do want to just share as it is right now, as of the the bracket that was put out a couple days ago, I want to give you the teams, I'm not going to tell you their seeds or anything, but I want to give you the teams that are that Charlie Cream has in that are not automatic qualifiers. So in the the play-in games, DePaul, Boston College, Miami, Gonzaga, and then in that in the big bracket, um Utah, Iowa, Tennessee, Florida, Duke, Omaha, Louisville, Arkansas, Oklahoma. What'd you say?
1: Oklahoma. Not Omaha.
0: Did I say Omaha? (laughs) Sorry, Oklahoma. Breaking Um, news. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Louisville, Arkansas, Kansas, Oregon, Indiana, Georgia Tech, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Washington State, um, K State, Notre Dame, Virginia Tech, Missouri State, LSU, Ohio State, Colorado, Iowa State. Arizona, Missouri, Nebraska, Texas, Maryland, North Carolina, South Florida, Creighton. South Florida is a nine seed. Interesting. Um, I'm missing some. I think. Nope, that's everyone. Georgia.
1: Okay. Did you say Georgia? Where are they? They're the six seed in Austin and Greensboro. Oh maybe you did
0: yeah okay Texas Georgia South Florida Creighton Maryland North Carolina yeah that's everyone so that's who is in right now on an at-large bid I would argue there's a chunk of teams there that SDSU's net RPI is better I understand the quad one wins thing but I also think it's BS that you can beat a ranked team and it doesn't matter if they're not ranked at the end of the season. I think that's a joke, so.
1: But doesn't our our net consider uh, your point differential too in those games?
0: So like, I know you have
1: a zero wins in quad one, but your net ranking, SCSU's net ranking is still 36. Like, I know we're not a huge fan of it, but that's what the tournament, you know, the selection committee uses that.
0: So if you're going to use it, then why is a 36 net team?
1: That's what I'm saying. I just not even. Yeah, my beef isn't because I can understand the argument. Well, they don't have any quad quad one wins. Okay, but again, how do you have them? How do you have them as a first four out? They crush two opponents. No offense, and then they drop out completely, and they went up in the net ranking and RPI from last week.
0: Charlie got jokes.
1: I just I don't understand. I maybe that's our bias. I don't, I don't know if we have bias blinders or whatever the hell they call it, but we uh, it's frustrating and it's going to be telling come Friday. Um, if he has SDSU and has the automatic qual- qualifier where he puts USD, cause I want Coyote Nation to tweet at him. If <laughs> they are, if they go from a nine seed to yeah. first four out. Well, like, here's,
0: here's my other thing. When we were talking about next. like, how do you have a team make the sweet 16? And I understand that was a few years ago. I understand it's a different team still the same level of success. Like we made, we didn't make the sweet 16 in the tournament three years in a row, no, or two years in a row, but it's still like the, the caliber of the team is there. And same thing for USD. It's, it's the same for both SCSU and USD. And the Summit League is not like, this is just me ranting at this point. I'm tired of the Cinderella story. Like Earl yeah. Roberts on the men's side last year. That was fantastic. I don't know about all of you, but I had them halfway through my bracket it was no surprise to me. Like, Oral and Roberts, I was telling people- Or
1: Roberts I, paid the bills in April for me because I did put them, I did put like 10 bucks down for them to go to the Sweet 16. That's so awesome. not gambling advice. I'm yeah. not, uh... but, but I mean, anyway, like- I was telling yeah, people,
0: like, you know, people at SDSU would be like, oh, or Roberts is going to be easy. For two years, I was like, uh-uh, like, don't, don't you, you know, don't, don't get ahead of yourself, but they're good. And it's like, okay, they were a Cinderella story one time on the men's side. Why are people like we, we woke the sleepers as a league on the men's side and the women's side. Why are you going back to sleep?
1: I think Madison, and I don't know if this is devil's advocate. I think so. I think the best thing to happen to the summit league will need to be first that both teams make it. And honestly, at this point, it looks like that's for SDSU to win the summit league tournament. Mm-hmm. But I think both teams need to win or to excuse me, to get into the tournament and both teams need to win. Like they need to have both teams win and make it to that um, Sunday, Monday slate of games I agree. because not even having, you know, when they're both in only one team winning a game at most. And then that, you know, three years ago or whatever it was state winning two games. Mm-hmm. The best thing is to have two teams from your league win a tournament game. That you know I what? think that that'll help jumpstart, but we also said getting two teams in the tournament will help jumpstart it, and it seems to not. And you
0: know what? At that time, it did.
1: We you wouldn't be what? even it's making crazy. this argument if, like, us, if both state and the U's net rankings were in the honestly, even in the mid forties.
0: Oh yeah, it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be a conversation.
1: It'd be like, okay, now it's just really frustrating. But it's in the thirties, and it's frustrating because these, you know, the student athletes work so hard and the coaches and the administrations do a great job of putting together a really good non-conference schedule. And I mean, it is what it is. They're going to compete. Um, It's just that the nation deserves to watch these mid majors go at it.
0: Yeah. Um, One thing I did want to say, if it were to stay as is, USD would play K state, correct? Correct. Okay. Okay they can beat K-State. SDSU almost did it. And I understand that K-State only had seven players and they were seven really good players, but that was a game that honestly should have been won by SDSU. Yeah. USD, that can, was a
1: frost,
0: ab- right? yes, USD can absolutely beat K-State. And honestly, if I know you're going to be like, why would you ever cheer for the Oats? Because I'm cheering for the Summit League at this point. If SCSU yeah. doesn't get in and USD gets in and it is K-State or it's anyone else, I'm cheering for them.
1: Listen, I mean, even like with USD last year, right? I think the league as a whole, and I knew a lot of my state friends that were rooting for USD because I thought the matchup with Oregon was a really good matchup for USD. And unfortunately, like, i just going to call it like it is. It just seemed like they just didn't get off the bus in some aspects of the game. You know, they looked a little shell-shocked. And Oregon was super athletic. I get that. Um, Good learning experience for all the players. But um, I was still really proud of the team and and how they competed in the second half of the game. But, um, yeah, I guess it's – Kansas State's a good draw, but you got to come –
0: You have to show up.
1: You got to show up. This this should frustrate the players on both teams. They need to use that as motivation – whether you win the Summit, if you're USD, whether you win the Summit League tournament or not, whether you get your state, you get in as an automatic qualifier or not, no matter what happens, you have to use that. It's what USD did in 2016 when they didn't get in the tournament as an at-large, what they do, they made a historic run in the WNT and they kicked a the snot the last three games. I know Florida Gulf Coast was a little, cl- that was a closer game, but they, they, they did play better the whole game. Like, yeah. It, you got to um, use that as motivation, I, and
0: I think another thing too is it's it's a different environment. It's a new level, and we understand that. But I think the point we're trying to make is that our teams, our league, is capable of playing at that level. Multiple we just got to win in our you, league. You got yes. to
1: win. Both teams got the USD's got to win that win. double the tournament. And you
0: know what? I don't. <laughs> this is a whole nother can of worms. I do think that officiating plays a role, and I'm not saying that the officials are bad. I'm saying that they're different the officiating is different than it is in the Summit League. And we see that even, not so much this year, but even um, just from my perspective as an SDSU person, officiating was different when we weren't playing USD. When we play USD, all of a sudden it's a bloodbath or all of a sudden it's really tight. It can go one way or the other. But I think that the officiating in the Summit League is so far off the officiating in other places that when we get to the tournament, we being the Summit League, we don't know what to do. Things that have never been a foul before are a foul, or things that were always a foul are not a foul, and we're getting pushed around, or it's tick or it's whatever. And it's—I understand it's different game by game, but just as a whole, I think it's different in the tournament, and it, it just depends who you get and what how their league officiates. But I, I yeah. wish—and I understand that's the—you know—human error, or human liking, or whatever—it's part of the game. But I wish it was a little more consistent across the board because I—it's not just us. I think it hurts other teams too yeah. when you're not prepared for. Or have not experienced um, that type of officiating. So there's a lot of things that that go into what happens in the tournament, and it's basketball. Anything about that's,
1: <laughs> that's our so. soapbox. We're sorry, but we just you're uh,
0: absolutely not sorry. You take that back.
1: I'm not sorry. I just I want to see the league. I want to see him get two bids, but I. I'm fully convinced you got to jumpstart the process, re-jumpstart the process. Both teams, if they are lucky enough to get in, they got to get a win. And if only one team gets in, you got to get a win. You got to get two wins. And then when you're up at that podium on the press conference, put some respect on my name or whatever. <laughs> with LeBron, I oh, damn respect too.
0: Oh my gosh, that's awesome. All right, fans, that's, uh, that's what we have. Be sure to tune into games. Uh a week, uh, literally a week from when you're probably listening to this podcast, I will be on a plane on my way to the Omaha to come up to the tournament. So I'm excited. I assume you're excited, Jordan.
1: I'm very excited. I'm excited to see you and then uh, other reaching the summit folks. Um
0: yes, we all get to be together. together.
1: We'll get to be together. Um, I'll be there most days. Madison will be there a couple days. Only Saturday. Uh, only saturday okay yep.
0: only saturday but,
1: uh, you know if you can recognize us if we're not friends love to say hi and get some feedback on the podcast or tell us to shut the hell up one of the two whatever you know, well we're like, not
0: gonna listen if you do that you can say it but
1: no no because i'll That's have a...
0: podcasts are for people podcasts are digital soap boxes that is <laughs> what they are meant for <laughs>
1: Uh, all right well next week we'll definitely have some opinions and maybe this will come up again because by the time we record next week's podcast we'll have,
0: we'll have two new info. New
1: bracketologies and we'll truck. be
0: locked in for the summit too so there's next week is going to be mostly summit talk and probably some bracketology talk we don't plan to have any interviews you get to listen to us for like an hour or however long we talk however we long say, it takes you
1: we'll see what strings Jordan can pull we'll see
0: Oh, yeah, we'll see. Okay, well, you get to listen to us until you decide to press pause. So hopefully that's the whole episode. (laughs) But uh, we'll be back. We'll be back next week.
1: Have a good weekend, everybody.
0: Bye, friends.